welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. For the past eight seasons, no minor premiership side has won the flag, so can Melbourne buck that trend and win their first flag in 67 years, or will the Dogs hunt in packs and make it two flags in six years? Joining me tonight is uh, Dan and Wayne. How are you going, boys? Very good, thanks. Uh, good to be here. Sorry, I've got the wrong shirt on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in the studio, and it's an Eagles podcast, so we'll be talking about Eagles as well. We're just going to talk about the grand final first. Uh, Wayne's wearing a Bulldogs uh <laughs> Shirts. I don't know if we should. Uh, well, fr- friends gave. We should me, find him. I think. Yeah. <laughs> friends gave me their barcode, so I had, and they're Mr. Bulldogs members, so I had to do something for them. Represent. <laughs> I was going to ask that. You got tickets? Um, yep. I got a ticket. Dan, did you try? No, mate. I, I, it's pretty far out my reach. I mean, it's got to be sad to do. It. It's costly. I thought I'd have to give it a miss, which is a sad once in a lifetime opportunity, but. I just thought I was no chance anyway, which turned out was pretty correct. It was yeah, pretty hectic. I, I thought I had no chance. So I put on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Um, if there's any corporates out there that want to give me a ticket or somebody's <laughs> got a barcode, please send my way. And I thought, you know, if you don't ask, you would never get. And luck came my way. Um, I did a podcast with a guy called Chris Pepper from Lace Out Podcast earlier in the year where I did the review on West Coast. He happens to be a Melbourne supporter. Um, he said he can't use it, so there you go. So thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks very much for that. So I'll be messaging him during the game, and I'll probably FaceTime him when Melbourne wins. So fortunately, I've got a ticket, but I only got it with like 10 minutes to go of the mm. Melbourne allocation because yeah, right. that went out pretty quick. So so what did you think about the ticket allocations? Um, it's the first time the public's ever been given access to a grand final. I thought that look, they were good. That um, I think it was a bit of confusion because people were saying you couldn't buy them at the counter, but there were people lined up at Crown. Yeah, only six people got a ticket Did from they? Crown. Oh, and there was a kiosk around from where I was working, which I knew about in Swan Districts area. And there was about 50 people lined up there, and mm. only six or seven people got tickets there because yeah. by the time they printed it all out and got the tickets, all the tickets were gone. Mm. Um, my problem with the public allocation was. Um, as people do, they jump on and join a queue. Hmm. So by the time it opened, you were either 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people in the queue. My understanding was you were only allowed to get four tickets per uh, go, hmm. but people were getting eight. So out of the 10,000 tickets that were sold, only 4,000 people got tickets. Right, yeah. Well, and it was a world record, 185,000 people online trying to get 10,000 tickets. I thought it was good. I, it's a smaller stadium, mm, you know, and yeah. Yeah. It, this was always going to happen. We're a very sport-heavy mm. state, WA. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It tends to do well and sell out these big events. Um, so I got no qualms there. Uh as you said, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere and uh, good luck to everyone that did manage to get tickets, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. look, um, it's a corporate day. The grand final is a corporate day. It's a corporate event. Hmm. Um, if you go to Melbourne, if you're not part of the teams that are playing, MCC member, AFL member or a corporate, you don't get a ticket. Hmm. Unless you get scalp, you know, you buy one off yeah. the scalper or you line up. They have a certain amount in the morning where you line up and people are lining up for two days to get those yeah. tickets. So I've been fortunate enough to go to a grand final MCG. Um, so now I'm going to get the one at the home state. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be any different than a 
uh, a bigger Eagles game or the yeah. Dreamtime. You know oh, I mean? I'm really looking forward. I can't wait. It would be yeah. great. I, I must say, I um, I know a company in Perth here who paid twenty five thousand dollars for a 10, 10 person box. Yep. So two and they're and the cheap thousand, ones. Yeah. Two and a half thousand bucks per person ahead. Yeah, there's some ridiculous prices going around for some of these boxes, but that's where they make the money. Yep. Right. I said at the intro that the minor premiers is only what eight in the last twenty years. Um, Melbourne, their last time they were in there was 2000, the year 2000, so that's 21 years. Um, to make the minor, is, is there, going in as a minor premier, six out of 21 times since 2000, mm. is that going to bear any weight? Um, not really, because it's not a fair competition. So you look at Adelaide in the grand final, minor premiers, they have to go play Richmond and MCG on their home ground. Mm. So that stat, although seems quite damning, it's not... If that was a scientific experiment, be thrown out because it, it's not even playing field, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's, you've got to have set circumstances and they don't exist. So it's a very hard stat to gather if it is a case of, like, you know getting the wobbles because you finished top of the ladder or if it is a case that if you're top four and you get a home grand final compared to finishing top on the ladder mm. having the travel because I believe it's happened to Sydney it's happened to us before it's happened quite often that top of the ladder team is an interstate team so then it's technically an away grand final for us media's always try to find a reason of why teams lose at the end of the day the best team on the day wins that's right and it's not necessarily the best team of the season it's the best um, team in the finals yeah you know what I mean yeah. and you, look at the, you look at the Eagles when they won in 2018 they were the best team in the finals yeah um, and it showed so but there's some stats here and I know Dan loves his stats I don't know if you read the here we go uh, the run sheet or not but <laughs> <laughs> they say that with a smile because they yeah. know good chance I didn't. Since 2000, only 16 players have left their club and joined a team to win a grand final in the next year. And the Bulldogs have got three this year. Steph Martin, Mitch Hannon and Trelaw all left their teams from last year and then they're playing a grand final the next year. And in Melbourne, it's Ben Brown. So, you just look at Ben Brown and which one was the other, you know, he went from a bottom team that didn't want him. Playing in the ground They final. didn't want him. No. You know, so I just don't understand it. I remember, and it took you a while to get him, but now he's playing in the grand final. Steph Martin, you know, he, they didn't want to give him an extra year at Brisbane, so he's gone to uh, the Bulldogs and he's playing. And Trelaw, well, look at him now. Hmm. You know what I mean? Again, Collingwood didn't want him. No. So... Sliding doors moments are very good. Yeah. And you just got to look at jo- Josh Dunkley. He was trying to get out of the Bulldogs and now he's playing the grand final. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So you got to sit there and go, well, sometimes you got to look at the bigger picture instead of what's best for now. You look mm. beforehand. So, but we'll talk about players that are looking for new homes later on. Norm Smith, boys, I'm gonna, you're going to have to give me your picks. I'm, I'm going Gorn because it's Give not... Give it both sides. If oh, okay. Well, Gorn for Dogs. I reckon Gorn for Melbourne. That was the best game I've seen. Mm. Yeah, the prelim yeah. by any player in a long time. I was at the game and he was, he was sensational. There's no question. But for me, Clayton Oliver would be the Melbourne guy. And yep. I think Jack McRae for the Western Bulldogs if they get up. All right. So here's another stat for you, Dan. A useless stat. Love it. Only two players above 190 centimetres. <laughs> Have won the Norm Smith in 30 years. I love it. So that means Gorney 
his yeah. odds on not to win it. He's a different unit, though, isn't he? You know, if he bags like, another five, he'll win it yeah. by street. Yeah. By the length of the other. Oh, well, look, yeah. Look, I just thought it was interesting. Um, when I heard that stat, I, it just stuck in my head. And I thought, okay, and that can't be right. Hmm. So I went back and looked at every Norm Smith, you know, in the last 10 years, and, yeah, none of them were over a, a, a metre 90. I, I must say, <laughs> I, went, you know, so I went to that game, the Melbourne game, in the final, and I really watched him carefully because, you know, we're all a big Nick Nat fan. And, yep. and, you know, as you all know, Coxie's my favourite Eagles player for all time. But I tell you what, that I, I didn't realise how good Max Gorn was. I, I thought he was a bit overrated, but his captaincy is excellent. The way he he gets everyone going is great. His reading of the play is one of the best readers of the play I've seen. And, I mean, look, he had a freak. He had a freak game where he got he had a freak qu- goals. There's more than a freak quarter. Yeah. Oh, I, had, I thought he had a freak game because I the, thought he was good the whole game. Whether that quarter was the best quarter in best quarter recorded in four oh, years. Without doubt. And from a, a but, single effort. But person. the way he works around the ground, the way he puts himself yeah. into position is, I tell you what, he's a he's an outstanding player. And he's, I tell you what, underestimate, he's a great captain. But will, on you saying, on saying that, will... Bulldogs get Martin and English to do what Vardy and Nick Nat did. Martin won't be able to you know do I mean? it. English might be able to do it, but Martin won't be able to do it. See, that's that's why I've backed him in for the North Spear. I think he's going to run Stefan oh. Martin. I reckon he's going to stream forward mm. as often as he can. Yep. Yeah. And I think Martin's who's played, what, one game in like two months? Yeah. Won't be able to keep up with no, him. No, definitely agree with Dan there. All right, well, my Norm Smiths are going to be my unsung heroes. Mm. So your unsung heroes, your Shane Ellis, that mm. out of nowhere kicks five goals in a grand final and mm. wins you the game. Who are your unsung heroes for each team? Have you got one? I've got one for Melbourne. I've got one from both teams, actually. Melbourne unsung heroes, Neil Bullen. He is just a guy who never gives up. And he's just he does jobs for him that no one else does. And my unsung hero, even though he probably gets a lot of praise, though, is Jack McRae for me for Western. Well, I'm going to talk about McRae later in the Brownlow. Um, yeah, uh, some some things get me with that. Uh, what's your unsung hero? You got I, one? I'm going fridge. I reckon there's so many forwards. You know, normally it's talked like we talked about Ben Brown before. Mm. He's what the second, third tall for Melbourne. I reckon he could bob is up. Bailey kick, Fridge. Yeah, yeah kick three, him. maybe four goals mm. and be actually the difference. Even if it's just three, because three yeah. in a grand final is almost two in a regular season. That's, as as well. That's almost six goals in a... Yeah. Well, because oh, it's hard to kick goals in grand finals. I had um, Fritz, but then I thought there's been times in the year he's kicked seven and he's kicked four and he's kicked five. So my unsung heroes, unsung heroes, and for the Norm Smith, and these... I reckon Ben Brown's the unsung hero for Melbourne because he's always just got one or two. If he gets a bag of five, they win. Mm. Um, and for Bulldogs, it's Josh Shackey. Mm. And the way he played last week, if he can do that again, I think they're a good chance of winning mm. because he's going to nullify. He's going to be the defensive person on a yeah. May or Lever. Yeah. And if you can keep May or Lever quiet, you might not get as many possessions, but that's where the Norm Smith, so a media war, they always go on possessions. They've got to do it with a, you know, let's not do a Brownlow one. Let's no. pick the best player on the ground, you know what I mean? Well, the umpires don't pick it, the media pick it. Yeah, you know, so. Four bloody people who. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, I was going to ask where it's going to be one, but we all know it's going to be in the midfield because we've got the two best midfielders in the comp. Um, and it's whoever gets on top first, I guess. Um, 
Bulldogs scored a lot of their goals last week from stoppages. I think it was 10 goals from stoppages that hadn't that's been right. done all year. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen that way this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be one in the middle. We, we know that. So it's whoever's going to get on top. And um, I just hope it's a close game. I hope it's mm. not a one-sided game. Yeah. I hope it's not over by half time. So yeah. um, I'm tipping... Uh, yeah, I don't even know who to tip now. I'm tipping Melbourne. It's more hope. I'm. I don't mind Melbourne. Where, you know, not to upset the Bulldog supporters. I don't like them. I've said they've caused an epidemic in the comp with throwing the ball. Like all teams yeah. do it now, and it started with them with their quick hands. I'm doing you know inverted commas there for the people listening at home, and it is like it's a handball heavy game style where they just throw it. So all teams now do it because they realise you can get away with it. Yeah. Well, for Melbourne to win, I think they've got to stop um, the Bulldogs' clearances. Yeah. And it's just pro- another surprising stat. I did a lot of stats this week. They were plus 145 in clearances in the competition, and the next best was 100 behind them, and that was Geelong. Yeah. Now, that, that's, that's a, a yeah. massive stat. So if Melbourne can stop that clearance... Dominance, I reckon Melbourne will win. I, I think I think Melbourne. I'm going win. for Melbourne. I think Melbourne will win by about four or five goals, and I you know, and mainly because again, I watched them the other week. Their midfield. Look, you got two great midfields, but I think uh, Petrarca is an absolute ball in the midfield, and Oliver just runs everywhere. And I, but I think too, they've got I've got great players in each line. Lever. If May, as long as he doesn't do his hammy, you go through their forward line. They and they the way they rotate their bigs. They have Jackson, they have um, Gorn, they have Brown, and they have McDonald. And they're always on the ground. There's always three of them on the ground. So you've got to combat three big mobile players. And I think they, uh, I think they'll, I think they'll win. I think. And two, I tell you the another unsung hero for Melbourne is Salem. Along that half well, line, was he the one who got injured during the week? Uh, no, that was Young Spargo. Spargo, will no. Spargo be picked? Oh, I think so. I don't know enough. Can you risk? Injury, to be honest. Can you risk? Spark? It looked shocking. It looked shocking. He trained last night. All right, and he trained today. So you they, know, they they're going to the as McDonald said, they're going to pump a couple of bloody needles into him. And you know, well, look, if McGovern can get through on a lacerated liver and spleen or whatever else he had, broken ribs, broken ribs and him. stuff like that, um, mm. I he's going to be hard to stop anyone playing in the um, yeah. grand final. Uh, you picked Melbourne, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, all, right. all right, Brownlow Medal, guys. It was on first time in Perth. So, well, most of it was in Perth. Yeah. They did a lot of it uh, yeah. via uh, Zoom. Zoom and stuff like that. Uh, Ollie Wines first, Bont second, Oliver third, and Walsh fourth. I was a bit surprised with Walsh actually yes. getting up. Mm. Well, it's what, four people in top 30? Yeah. It's the first time it's ever done. A lot of the media has been going, oh, have they got it right? Uh, you're only seeing this, that. If you go to the coaches' awards, um, the top 15 were all midfielders. Mm. The top 30 in here were all midfielders. So I think they've basically got it right. It's just mm. that it's a midfielders It's a midfielders an award, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Gorn was the only guy that wasn't considered a midfielder that was in the top 30. In the top 36 yeah. that... Did ten or both or more? I find it just such a funny statement. It's the narrative about this Brown though. Mm. But it's always been a, it's a midfielder's game. Yeah, let's it is be honest now. here. No, it, it always has been. Like you look at like most club best and fairest might be a mm. bit different. Josh Kenny's never won a best and fairest. 
You know, are you telling me Josh Kenny's not one of our greatest Eagles? Mm. Well, that's it. He doesn't win. No, no. You know, um, mm. well, look at if now. you pick any player in the comp, everyone would pick a midfielder. Mm. You know, when you say, oh, we need a player to stand up, you're not going to pick your full back to stand up. You'll, you'll say, we need a midfielder to lift. Mm. Mm. We make the comment uh, all the time, it's one in the midfield. We, um, mm. And it, it does sound like it's disrespect for the backs and forwards, you know, but it is the way the game's played. Mm. It is a midfielder's game. The stars are usually the midfielders. I was just a bit surprised, and I agree totally on every point you said. Nick Natanui was the best eagle by a country mile this year. Mm. He, he plays in the <coughs> midfield. He's a ruckman. Mm. He's the n- number four in clearances in the league, and that's in midfielders. You know what I mean? He's a mm. ruckman. He's the number four. And he gets five votes. Mm. Now, you... you, you and this is where I just don't understand it. She gets 13 votes. Now, that me, to me is telling me that she had a better year from an unbiased point of view. Mm. I just don't see that being right. See, that, I think they Especially with a guy like Nick Natanui, because yeah. he sticks out. They, it's not like he, you're, not, you're not seeing him. Yeah. But I can understand um, a Josh Kennedy or a, or a fullback playing great games and, and not getting seen by that. But this guy was in the midfield. Gorn got. What, 10 votes, whatever he did, 15 votes. Mm. He's in the midfield because he's getting seen. I just don't... I thought that was their one irregular thing out of the whole thing. Nat Nui getting five votes. But Nick Natty's never been a big polar because no. he's not a massive ball getter. Doesn't get he, ball. That's just what I'm no, saying. That's so right. what... That, how often do you hear, like... Basically, they're looking for free kicks. They've got a job to do. Yeah. You know, they pick it. And as far as the she thing goes, everyone, it's the glass half, half full statement, glass half empty statement. Out of all our midfielders, he had the most disposals. Mm. Out of all our midfielders, he kicked the most goals. And he had the and, most game time. Yeah, most game time. Uh, got the most clearances out of our midfielders. So, of course, he's going to be up there. Mm. Like I'm not that, I'm not having to go at Sheed. No, I just mean I'm just saying, supporters in general. I mean? I'm yeah. saying it's a thing like, how yeah. did he have had a horrible year? I'm like, well, statistically, he was better than every other mid, consistently-wise. Mm. You know, I think Cali probably had the better year, did his knee sadly, missed a few games, and then wasn't quite up to yeah. that stand when he came back. But, but not definitely the umpires, though, look at, Ball getters and I, well, not all midfielders. I, sorry, not all midfielders get noticed. Yeah, but they, they, are you, you going to talk about what I've got written down there? No, well, I'm just going to say Walsh. You know that surprised me as well. Yeah, and you can see how they're changing. There's three things that surprise me. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I agree totally. But, but you know, he's a, there's a team that lost what only won about four games, and he's and they're getting flogged in games. He's getting top votes. You go back to the you go to the Sydney game when we played Sydney at Geelong. Yeah, we lost by ninety five points. She got one vote. Yeah, and and we all criticised him because his kicking was atrocious that and this day. Is, and this is where and, the irregularities are. Yeah, Henderson hardly saw the ball, mm. and he got three votes. Yeah, and also <laughs> you know you know look you you know guys I love Nick Nat and you guys yeah. know exactly how I feel that he doesn't do enough work around the ground. And Yet, I agree. I saw the Brisbane game. I thought. And people crapped on me on the TNG saying, I said, well, this is what he's got to do every week. And they go, yeah. he can't do that, he can't do that. I said, but that's what Max Gorn does every week. That's it. And yet, in that game, and I thought, I, I really waited bated breath that game, and he never got a vote. And I, and I cannot believe he never got a vote in that game because he was just about the outstanding player on the ground. I thought, and I was going to mention that, I thought he was the best on the ground. Oh, yeah. And he didn't get a vote. Yeah. But McRae, like you can pick... You can pick games out everywhere, but the one I and it got a lot of talk 
is McRae gets 40... He had the most possessions yeah. for the year out of a player. Averages the most possessions game. But there's always been that thought in doesn't hurt you. Hmm. But I remember one game and he, he, he was best on ground and he never got a vote. And Vont got two votes for 26 disposals and a goal and mm. McRae had 40. Mm. Yeah, but see, the umpires... And a goal. They look at kicking. They look at me just going, are you running, are you kicking? Mm. His 40 disposals, I'd say 25 to 30 of those would be hand passes. Which, don't get me wrong, you mm. need that type of play to get in under and get the hand passes. Yeah. Mm. Like, they're, they're crucial. It's so mm. important to your team. I'm not saying he's not a great player he's not important to the team. But his 40 disposals, 25 would be handballs. Mm. You know, you'll get other players that 35 of those disposals will be kicks and running. Mm. And the the umpires noticed that. So we use Sheet as the example for the Swans game because actually had me quite baffled too. Mm. But his disposal efficiency was poor and that's something mm. anyone listens to podcasts is to me that's the best asset in AFL yep. is good yeah. disposal efficiency because yeah. you can effectively play keepy off. Yeah. You can. And he bad kicking is bad. He was terrible. He was that terrible that. At game, but he did have 37 disposals a goal and over 600 metres gained. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. The umpires look at kicking and, meat like, and running mm. and... So he got the measly one vote. Um, but that's why, and that's why yeah. McRae doesn't and get he, the vote, because he, he, he doesn't kick. And that day, Dom was the only one that stood out for yeah. us in that game. I can't remember but, that game, because I erased it from mate, my we mind. We were under so <laughs> But also, I think so with McRae too, and I, I mean, I love, I reckon McRae's a great, a great player, but a lot of his kicks are over 25 metres and that's it, because yeah. he does a short kick. Yeah. Compared to Bond and Pally, Bond and Pally runs out of that yeah. midfield, and he kicks the ball 50 metres. Yeah. He either kicks a goal or he'll kick it to whoever's in that, Tim English or whoever's in that forward line. And that's the big difference, I, I reckon. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I pick, my picks were between Bont and Clayton Oliver. And well, I, I picked the top three, but I had them all tied. Yeah. And, uh, and I was surprised that Walsh, I knew Walsh would poll good, but didn't think he'd poll 30 votes. Yeah. Just on the fact that some of the games that they got smashed in, hmm. he got best on ground and... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't go back and had a look at it, have a look mm. at them. The one I did, ha- the one I wrote down and I had it in my pad was when GWS beat um, Geelong, mm. and I wanted to know if Sam Taylor would get votes for Hawkins, mm. where he had that dominance, and he didn't. He, and he didn't get a. No, he didn't get one. But you look at the coaches' awards, and he got ten. Mm. So yeah, everyone's yeah. different. Um, they were talking on a couple of podcasts today that maybe they should have a best defenders medal. Yes, you got your Coleman, but the Coleman doesn't say you're the best forward. Yeah, that just means you kick the most goals. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're the best forward because you know Harry McKay kicked the most goals, but I thought Hawkins had a better year. Mm. Yeah, you know but I mean? again, that's what I'm saying. It's okay because the Brownlow isn't a midfielder's award. Mm. It's the midfielders are the, usually the best players yeah. on the ground, mm. and the players paid the most money. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if they're like, we need this award, yeah, you're right, Colin. But that's what the all Australians for. But the media want to put. You know that, what I mean? The media want an award on everything, mate. It just, you know what I mean? It's mate, to it's keep been them talking. No footy last week, but yet the footy season's not over. Mm. They just need something to talk about. Yeah, it's it. It's just about exactly. talking. Because unless you're going to go, oh only midfielders are eligible for mm. the Brownlow medal, then you've got a case for let's have these other awards. But that's not the case. The midfielders are getting the votes because 
they've been deemed the best players on the ground. Uh, and, and how <clears throat> how good is Sam Walsh going to be if Carlton improve? Oh yeah, he's... I mean, how many how many Brownlows that kid could win between now and week thirty two? Well, Judd and Diesel both scored thirty votes and one Brownlows. He could be he could so, be, he could be a triple Brownlow medalist by the end of his career. Yeah, quite well, easily. He's only twenty two. Yeah, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, unbelievable. It's the new Crips. That's what everyone said about Crips. As soon as they start winning games, yeah. that's when the Brownlows will come. Yeah. But he's past his prime. Well. Body-wise, yeah. Mm. Um, he's still reasonably young, but his body's mm. a bit battered for carrying it. Mm. That He's missed that window where when they win a lot of games. Yeah. So now he's the new culprit yeah. for that. You know, when they win games, he'll get more votes. And I love him. I'm a great player. Well, uh, that's enough talking about the grand final and, and football in general. This is an Eagles podcast, so let's talk about the Eagles 2022 and beyond. Um, as we've been talking towards the end of the season, we're... And fans are giving a lot of the coaches a lot of crap, hmm. bashing them and all that. So we all said, and it was Blind Freddy who said, we need changes. Hmm. And so Jamie Graham has left as an assistant coach. Um, he's been released from his year to go on a contract. And the word is he could still end up at Carlton as an assistant or Fremantle. Hmm. And it's more logical that he'll probably end up at Frio with his family ties here. And Adrian Hickmont has gone to Hawthorne mm. to pair up with um, Sammy Mitchell. And Robert Harvey now. Is Robert Harvey gone to... Robert yeah. Harvey's gone to Hawthorne as well. He got announced today, did they? Yep. Yeah. Okay, all right. So that's one that Eagles were trying to get, I know. But they've missed out on him. So the Eagles have got one more appointment they need to make, they have said. So they're looking at another an assistant to come in. Mm. But they've added Jared Schofield, who started off at the Eagles, went to Port Adelaide, as a player, and then unfortunately he had to finish his career at Frio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he's he carved out a great career as a coach at Subiaco. He was actually a coach of under-18 level there at the start as well. And Matthew Knights has come over from Geelong uh, and next ex-AFL coach, basically, yeah, at Essendon. Essendon. Um, and he's spent, I think, five, six years down at... Geelong, yeah, um, and you know, great player when he was playing. So, got fresh faces, fresh ideas. So that's mm. only a plus, huh? Great, oh, great, great. And what Schofield was always known for mm. yeah. was hardness, he, like hardness yeah. in the midfield. And he's a and tactical, that's what we need. Yeah, he's a ta- right. tactical part right. that we missed. But sorry, no, no, you got you. Sorry, oh, it's just I, I, I hate, and I've done it on the podcast. Well, potting people because they could be the nicest people, but to me, Hickman as a midfield coach was where we needed to change. That was the main one for me. And from all accounts, he's a lovely guy. Mm. And the players love him. Mm. So I'm so glad that now Schofield comes into that role. Um, and mm. it's a great get as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Absolutely great. great. Um, and I think we'll see uh, next year, well, I'm hoping we see a lot harder midfield. Mm. A bit more grunt in there, I think. I saw a bit of Jared at Subiaco when I was involved with Kingley Juniors. And then, you know, obviously Jared was there as Colts. and Great communicator. And he know he knows when to be tough, and he knows when to be, you know, when he has to back off a bit. He, and he's he's just a he's just a great catch. And it's ironic that uh, Port's midfield has improved greatly. I mean, they've got a Brownlow medal this year through first one ever being uh, him being the midfield coach, and he's brought on good young players into that midfield. So yeah. I think it's great. And Matthew Knights, I well, mean, Ma- Matthew Knights has been brought in as great, a midfield great coach. Great so Matthew player. Knights is going to be midfield. Mm. And Schofield's going to be strategy and stoppages, yeah. which is basically midfield anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you got two good guns, two great minds, two, yeah, two good minds there. And there is another one to come. They said they are talking to other ones. So 
I'd say in the next week we'd probably know somewhere else because teams need to sign off their um, assistance before trade. Just uh, quickly, one more thing on Schofield. Um, he's the one that got the best out of Liam Ryan, the mature age recruit, yes. played at Subi. Yeah, very true. Um, and got him, or was he 21 when he got mm. drafted? So it was a little bit later. Went to mm. Subiaco. Schofield's the one that got basically got him drafted because yes. and I, I, he I was saw, just such a great coach. I saw Scoey at my mate's. Sons twenty first because they were their best of mates yep. at the time, and um, oh, he's, oh, sorry, he's eighteenth, and he's young bloke, and because they lived next door to each other, and so they, my mate and him became good mates, and he said to me that he said, I said, why does anyone pick Liam Ryan? He says, and this was his exact words to me. He said, Wayne, I've told every AFL club here in WA, which is obviously the two, and I've told four clubs in Melbourne that he is ready to go, and everyone still overlooked him. And then it was, thank God, the year next year when fit went, and they weren't going to pick him up till the mid thirties. But when Kelly went to Geelong, they bought it forward. Yeah, that's the only reason they bought it forward. I do reckon they would have got him at the thirties. Mm. Oh, oh, I don't. Think I they do. No. I think they we they got knew. scared the fact we lost yeah. Kelly because I yeah. think we thought the exact same thing about Kelly. Yeah. And I think it was a great move yeah. because you don't gamble. With yeah. No, we don't gamble. But like like I said, I mean, he's one of the reasons I go to watch football. Yeah. Um, guys like that, they're magic. I love yeah. it. Um, it's brilliant. Um, so look, fresh faces. We and I, we've game plan. To me, for us to go forward, we have to do two way running. We have to. We just have to develop that running game, and we have to tackle. Yeah, and, and we have to hold tackles. Yeah, yeah. More like hold tackles is the thing. But the two way running, we need it. And I was speaking to Ross Glendinning, and he said, if. It was asked, quite honestly, where's he was sitting? Goes, they've got the list to contend. So they got for the next two years, they've got the list to contend. But they have to get fitter. They weren't fit this mm. year. Too many injuries, and they have to learn to run both ways. Mm. And he goes, there was too many players that ran one way and expected somebody else to do the running back. Mm. And that's where it comes down to team culture. That'll get drilled into them. Listen to Nisbet on ABC Radio. They talked about... Um, Simo and his coaching, and he turned around and he goes, Simo is a long-term coach at our club. Mm. And I'm, that's all he's going to say. Mm. And he said, so that there is, for those people knocking Simo, I'll get rid of it. He's not going anywhere. No, of course not. Right, so he's got another two years of a contract left, and who knows, he could get extended even more. Yeah. Um, but then, like you said, Jared Schofield, his next step is an overall coach. So. Yeah, with these two appointments, he, I, I think Simo needed challenging, and I don't think he was getting challenged yep. by those assistant coaches. Yep. And these guys, Jared Schofield does not take, he doesn't, he will not stand back. And I don't think Matthew Knights will either. No, That's going to be what they think. Um, another person who's got a lot on his plate is Ryan O'Brien, the head recruiter. He's also the list manager after Darren Class. Um, Disappeared halfway through the year or quarter at the start of the year for because um, of the soft cap issues and all that. There's a lot of people still out of contract. I think there's eight left. I've got them down here. Um, Josh Kennedy, Hearn, Duggan, Rotham, Foley, Jones, Brander, and Anil all without contract still. Uh, there's talk about Brander being on a trade option. We talked off air quickly. What would you expect to get for Jared Brander as a trade option? I think, if. I think Dan and me both agreed there. If you're lucky, a late third rounder. Yeah, I want a second, but I can't see that no. happening. He hasn't played enough games. Um, personally, if you could get the trades uh, to Sexton, to Carlton, or Clark, to Geelong, I'll jump on that because I think they're going to want a second round, which is probably overs for them in the same boat where they haven't played enough footy this year. Mm. Um, th- to me, that's ideal. But if it's a third, fourth round... Hold on to him. 
he might be keen to stay if there's mm. not a good yeah. contract there for yeah. him. And, and make him into a defender. If we've got too many fours, make him a key defender. Ryan Daniels said he will walk to the draft. That's not the case. The Eagles have got people there. And they do it every year. They go for a trade period and then all of a sudden they sign everyone up. And they see what the currency is where There's no point giving Jared Brown a, a year contract when a team might pick him up. Mm. As a trade, and, and it's a trade option, and they would have spoken to Brandon saying, "Look, we're going to try and do the best deal for you. If we can find a home for you somewhere else, we'll get you there. Otherwise, we'll have a look at you." Yeah, but you know, it's got to be a two-way street. You're going to have to put someone in, and we're going to put someone in. Yeah. And um, so, my next question to you guys is: Sam Petretsky Seaton from Carlton, mm. pick- Sexton. Sorry, I meant Seaton. Um, <laughs> pick, pick six in the draft five years ago. Um, he's requested a trade. Back to West Coast, do you get a brander and you package him in that way going back to Carlton? Well, yeah, that's what I touched on that mm. thing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, misinformation about him. Yeah, he's a pick six. People are like he's too old. He's only 23 years old. Yeah. He's, he's still a young kid and he's played out of position. Played 90 games too. Steve Savani. Yeah, so, Steve, Steve, Steve Sava- uh, what's his name? Savani. Mm. Yeah. Today on um, one of the trade radio said, the guy is a victim of being played in the wrong position. Mm. He's a midfielder forward or a forward midfielder? Yeah. And he goes, when he played that position, he goes, and he singled out a couple of games. He had 32 possessions, one game and two goals. And then three weeks, the next three, four weeks, he was playing on a halfback. I, and I, I don't understand that because he's not a halfback. Hmm. And that's probably the reason why he wants to leave. Well, hmm. that's where he played pretty yeah. much all this year. They tried to make him yeah. a halfback. Only played 11 games because he's not a halfback. Hmm. And at the age he is at, look down the track, Redden's... Basically, I think we've got one more year to contend. It might mm. be controversial. If we don't improve vastly next season, there is no reason Shuey should go on. There's no reason Hearn should go on. Mm. There's no reason Redden should go on. Yeah. There's no reason to say Hearn or Josh Kennedy should go on. Mm. No need Shepard. And it, this sounds harsh because they're such good players. But there's no reason to go on. So when you've got a player of his calibre, who is a number six pick originally, Shuey's got talent. He's then in the midfield. Mm. He's playing the Shuey role. He's playing the Redden role. So then you have Sheed in the midfield. You have Kelly in the midfield. You would have Seaton in the midfield. Mm. Suddenly, oh, and sorry, Yo still would be there yep. in a few years, you know, mm. because he's still yep. at that age, mm. you know. And Gas body holds up, so he would still probably be on the wing. Mm. That is then your nucleus for that new midfield. Well, that's where we were talking in the last podcast, Reload or Rebuild. Yeah. And the Eagles have... Looked at the list and they're reloading for another shot. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, like you said, exactly what you said, and it sounds harsh, but they're the facts. Mm. You don't give one-year contracts for a reason. I mean, for no reason. That's the reason. If you guys, you got a year, let's go for flag. But if Mm. we don't, just beware that you probably won't get another contract. Mm. Hearn definitely won't get another one. Kennedy definitely won't get another one. So it's going to be interesting how... We go next year, and it's all going to be about inner belief. Mm. So, so pro- but if we get Petrescu, Seaton, who do you? What to me? I, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose those um, two trades in the mid middle middle there. Was it twenty? Uh, the two draft picks. We got ten, twenty nine. 35, 49, and 65. I don't want to do. I'd, I don't want to lose 29 or 35. I'd be going pick 49 and take it or leave it because they'll take it and, that, and possibly a player. That's where I would be. put Brander on because I'm the same with you. I, there's something with second round draft picks. Mm. I find the diamonds in the rough. You yeah. tend to always get in those second yeah. rounds. You look where they come. Nat Fife was a second round draft yeah. pick. Darling was a second, second round. round. Uh, um, Matthew, uh, James Hurd was a second-round draft pick. You go right back to all yeah, these players. Ryan 
Allen, who's in yeah. our forward line now, you know. Yeah. And but look, pick pick forty nine. I think is what Eagles will offer them. Hmm. They'll probably want pick thirty five. So that's where the Eagles got to find some middle ground. Hmm. Do they chuck in a brander and get picks coming back our way as well? You know, I think there's a lot to yeah. go over on this hmm. one. Um, but like you said. Depends on how Carlton rate him and how we rate him, how it goes. Um, I think on those non-signings, though, too, boys, we must sign Duggan, we must sign Rotham, we must sign Foley, and we must sign Jones. Well, Duggan's had a contract in front of him for eight weeks now. Mm. So there's something going on Mm. with Duggan. Now, they keep saying, I'll sort of do with his knee. They know what's going on with his knee. Mm. There is a sticking point. Yeah. So how come he hasn't signed? This is what I don't understand. It's eight weeks. Because I remember I went check back check. They said, and he was on. He has a spot on Sports FM. I, I want to sign. I'm a one contract. I'm a one team player. I want to see my future Eagles. So how come he hasn't signed? Mm. And it's got to be to do with the dollars. I don't know. It yeah. must. Be, I don't know. Um, well, I love trade time. I'm just saying, I love it. That's my favourite part of, of the year. Mm. Um, like you said, they have to be signed. Uh, quickly, Archie was cut. When you we, well, we picked all the players that were going to get cut. Yeah. Um, so Archie, unfortunately, injuries killed his career. Hutchie, well, time was up, far yeah. time. Um, he, I think he was a bit dark at first, but I think he's come around to it now. Mm. Um, ben Johnson's probably the unlucky one. Two years on the list. I, I, heard, he's, I heard he's a chance to, to look at the rookie at him. I, That's I, what I, I'm hearing. I hope so. I, his last month of waffle footy was mm. absolute brute, and apparently well, I'm he did no that day. on the track. Mm. He did that. It started off at train. He pushed himself so hard and trained so hard that he reaped the rewards in waffle, and he was our best Eagles list to play in that. Well, I, last I, month of waffle footy, you easily. know, you know how much I've talked about him over the last mm. couple of years. Mm. I hope he does, and for his dad's sake, I hope he gets picked as well as a rookie. But I've heard otherwise, but. Ray Nainsworth, well, unfortunately, he's a good waffle player, not an AFL player. So I think it happens a lot, yeah. It's with his size. Mm. They tried to mould him in someone. Will mm. Collins, well, Will Collins, he cannot be disappointed. Mm. He got paid $50,000 to play the second half of the year as an Eagle. Mm. He played five games because he got injured with a hamstring. Got cut and he gets an extra twenty. So he got $70,000 playing five games of waffle football. I tell you, there'd be a lot of waffle footballers who would love seventy thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, uh, and I didn't think he was going to make it. Mm. Uh, I was very surprised I actually picked him with a plethora of halfbacks and backs we got. So, um, and Venables, yeah. um, concussion, That's sad. sad, very sad. And Vardy, well, he got better money offer to play at uh, Warrnambool. Eagles, I think it is. Yeah, co- what is it like? Coaching yeah. and playing, playing and and some yeah. administration role. Yeah, I guess so. It's got an administration role. Administration role. role. Yeah. It's at Warnable. Mm. So um, good luck to him. And um, you know, he from all uh, from all I've heard is he's one of the most popular guys yeah. at the club. Mm. I know he caught the wrath of a lot of um, fans and all that. Um, but you know, the guy. <laughs> Sorry, was... that was probably me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he, you know, he was in the system for. 13 years and only paid 70 games. Yeah, because I'd, I'd, I'd be happy walking away with a premiership yeah. medal around my neck. Yeah, and, no and he was crucial that game. I've he never I've cru- never said he wasn't. He was very game. crucial that last and half of the year. And when he come from Geelong, he was injury prone. Yeah. yeah. And he got the best of his footy. He played 50-odd games with the Eagles. So. As far as I'm concerned, if you've been to two clubs and they both speak of what a good guy you are, mm. it speaks volumes to me. Because yeah. normally when you leave the first club, it's because there's disharmony. Mm. But Mooney, anyone that talked about Vardy from Geelong, always spoke so highly of him. Yeah. And you hear the exact same things from Eagles now, which just shows the type of guy he mm. is. 
All right, we're, before we wrap up, we're going to talk about... We've got the draft coming up after tra- the trade. We'll do, probably do another show just after the trade to see what we got um, and where we're going to go to and with our draft picks because our draft picks will change then. But pick 10, there's, this year's uh, there's a plethora of midfielders in the, in the draft. Um, we've got pick 10 and 29 and 36, and I expect all of those to be mids. Mm. Um, but I don't... Everyone's talking about talking up the WA boys, and that's good because we want to promote WA talent as much as possible. Um, Neil Erasmus is a vice captain under 19s. I definitely want talking him up. I got mine, and yeah. it might be just because I love his last name. He, he, kicked, he kicked four goals in last year's grand final on the Colts, yeah. and he should have got best on ground in that game. But uh, Varnison got it instead. Uh, Varnison this year hasn't done anything, so that's probably why Erasmus's stocks have gone up. If it was me, there's a player called Ben Hobbs. I'd love to get him, but we're not going to have him. Ferdy's going to go early. He's going to go early. He's skyrocketed, and he's the best inside mid. He's rated the best inside mid in there. But I've I've narrowed mine down to Josh Ward and Tyler Sonsay. They're both Victorians. Josh Ward is like a Zach Merritt, Luke Power type. And you've talked about this guy before, Matt Roberts. Yes. He's been in the frame. A lot of clubs are interested in this kid. He's, a, he's predominantly a wingman, but he's a wingman that kicks goals. Josh Ward's a midfielder that kicks goals. Sante's just more an infielder, but can, he, he, he has the ability to find goals, but most mids do. And Matt Johnson is another boy from WA. He's actually, I reckon, probably go top 10 now because he's getting talked about a lot. They said he's better than Erasmus. See, the, yeah. the, the thing we got going for us is the Vicks are a little spooked right now to pick WA boys. Nothing's actually happened, yeah. but they're not saying this to the media, but you talk to anyone in these Vic clubs, they're worried about the COVID situation because they can't come to WA. They can't come see where these hardballs their family. In Melbourne, they were been, even before lockdown, they weren't allowed out the house, basically. They were training and at the house. So... The pressure's a big thing. They're, they're worried about it. So I don't think they're going to try and poach too many no, WA boys no. because mm. they think it's a risk. They yeah, will yeah. think it's a risk, taking them from there, and then there's a chance that they're going to be basically under home arrest in Victoria. Yeah. And that, that that's a likely scenario. And these players, like, we'll use Luke McDonald as an example. As I said, he's not going to play. He wouldn't have been able to see his family. Family couldn't go fly no. to Melbourne. You've mm. got family in Melbourne. Don't yeah, wait. You can't do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you can't. It is a horrible situation to be in right now. And the AFL players feel it most because they're teenagers and young men. So I think that's going to help us with players yeah. like, say, Erasmus, who is a WA boy. Mm. Yeah, well, if you go that, Matt Johnson will probably be around on our pick, pick 10. Um, later picks, Josh Brown, Kay Gitmar, and Corey Warner. Corey Warner's a brother of Chad Warner. American is better than his brother is, so his brother went pretty high, I think, for his swans, and he won a Rising Star Award. Uh, for key backs, you got Rhett Bazo. He probably stands out alone in WA. And there's some other guys to keep an eye out on these names. Angus Sheldrick from Claremont. Um, Ethan Regan is our next Academy of Picks. So if somebody picked on him, bidded on him in from 40 onwards, if we wanted to, we'd have to match it. Yeah. I can't see people doing that because the free would be the only one, like you said, because mm. of those reasons. Greg Clark's a smoky as a rookie. Um, he's a bit older. Brady Howe, he's the guy that come up from Harvey to Peel... Mm. In the last 
half dozen games a year. He's a smoky because Eagles have been looking at him. And Jack South is a smoky as a ruck, but I can see Eagles picking a ruck somewhere else. They're my picks. They're my names anyway, so keep an yeah. eye on out there. My, my son's got a couple of steals in South Australia. Oh, I like this. Because my son is assistant yep. coach at Norwood Colts. And... Uh, he um, and he's, he's the two boys. He said will get overlooked. He reckons in the draft. He reckons they're absolute nice. steals. One kid is called Connor Kent, and the other one is Corey uh, Bowbridge Jones. He said Kent averaged just under thirty disposals in uh, 18s this year. The state selectors there they actually pick their team before the, the season starts. And then, um, and the other kid, CJ, uh, uh, Corey Brody Jones, is a mini Dusty Martin. But he said he oh, reckons they'll get overlooked that. because they weren't picked in the state team. But he said they're going to be an absolute steal. But will Adelaide and Port Adelaide look at them? Uh, the Adelaide are very keen on one of them, and yeah. Port's keen on the other one. Yeah, so, so that, that's but, what I'm saying. This Angus Shoudrick hasn't been mentioned too much, but the Eagles apparently heavily into him. So mm. there's always these stories that come up. Uh, but we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Um, we've got the grand final coming up in two days' time, so hopefully you've heard this before then. Uh, we're all going to go for Melbourne, so it's going to be an oh, interesting... Hey, 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 don't speak for Wayne here, mate. Didn't he say Melbourne? He's gone Western Bulldogs. He's I, wearing I, the shirt. I, I've tipped Melbourne to win, but I've got, yeah. to, got to go with my friends on the Bulldogs. <laughs> He's got a leg I've in the camp. Yeah. My wife my wife bought two shirts the other day. We were going to buy the actual scarves. There's a scarf. Yeah, there's get, a jewel. Half and half, but yeah. we, there were none left, so she got a Melbourne shirt. She's going to wear that. And I'm wearing the Bulldog shirt, so uh, only just for our friends who gave us the tickets. So, mate, oh, I'm cheap. I would go on the dogs bandwagon if they got me tickets too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm a good friend, so I'm just hoping for a good grand final, close one. Yeah. It's going to be a history making event. Um, hopefully, if you go on there, you enjoy it and. Um, Get onto our Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter. Leave some comments there. Uh, do us a review. Um, send us in questions if you want to get asked. And just keep on those pages because we'll, we, we will be doing podcast shows throughout the off-season, so just keep an eye on it. And until next time, we're Eagle Nation, so go Eagles uh, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> See you, boys. Go Eagles. Catch up. Yep.